You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 36 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Hewart, and as always, I'm with the fabulous, no, I think I said fabulous last time, the wonderful Jeff Gargas. Can I just be wonderfully fabulous? You can be wonderfully whatever you'd like. Awesome. Good. (laughs) (laughs) We have so much in store for this episode. I know we say that every single week, but this one's very special, dear to my heart. Before we get into all those awesome details, Jeff, how is your day going? Ray, my day is going fantastic. Super excited. I love Mondays when we get to record our podcast and chat with amazing educators. So I'm really excited. Tonight is no different. The amazing Erin Hall is with us today. And Erin is out in Rhode Island. She's a ninth grade English teacher. She's also a FUSE fellow with the Highlander Institute, which we're going to have have to have her tell us a little bit more about. And then something really cool is that Erin also founded the Young Educator Society of Rhode Island, or YESRI for short, which is an organization that's doing some really great things. And then you may have noticed that Erin also has done some blogging for us over at teachbetter.com. So we love her to death. We think she's amazing. Super excited for her to share things with us. So Erin, really appreciate you taking some time to to chat with us and share your insights. How are you feeling right now? Oh, thank you guys. I'm, I'm doing great. We're getting off of show weekend. I'm also the assistant drama director. So lots of rehearsals, but I'm really glad to talk with you guys. We have so much in store. I'm so excited for you to share your insight tonight. I know, you know, we talk on our podcast with a lot of different educators, and sometimes we only know them through our, you know, virtual network we've built. But we were just together a few weeks ago in Rhode Island. So I'm so excited to now talk to you kind of virtually on this podcast for us to share all the amazing things that I know about you with everybody else. So Jeff gave you a great introduction. We got to hear a little bit about all the things you're working on, but I really would love to hear more specifics. When somebody comes up to you and says, hey, Aaron, what do you do? It must be really hard for you to list everything in one breath. <laughs> well, I, I'm really proud to be a teacher and educator. I come from a family of a couple educators, but mostly I connect people. I really work to try to build relationships between students and also between teachers with my work in the classroom and with YesRI. Um, I really practice to be a facilitator of student learning. So making sure that the students are learning from each other and using their own resources in the classroom. And through my work with the Young Educator Society, I'm just really connecting beginning educators with mentor teachers and getting them some experience and some inspiration. So let's talk, talk for a minute about YesRI. So it's, it's, it's focused towards young uh, educators. Can you tell us a little bit about just more of the focus of, of that organization, what you're doing there, um, and sort of how you got started, what made you, what made you found that? Absolutely. So I started at a charter school where it was beginning and there were a lot of beginning teachers there. I found a lot of social supports through that charter school, which was fantastic for my first year. We were all in the trenches together. We were having the same experiences. When I transferred over to a larger regional public high school, I had a lot of great professional supports with experienced educators and a really strong network of a community that from a school that had been in existence for a lot longer than the charter school had been. I really wanted to try and find a way to connect the social and the professional experiences for a young educator, try to combine those two worlds for beginning teachers. And Rhode Island is such a small state that it's a really great place to kind of incubate those ideas and combine the social and professional supports. So our network works with pre-service teachers who are in their 
sophomores through senior years of teacher prep programs in their colleges, all the way through educators with 10 years of experience. And when I say educator, I really do mean everyone from the Teach for America volunteers to guidance counselors to teachers of every single subject, TAs, substitutes, anyone who works with students in a way that is meaningful. I really want to try and connect those dots to provide the professional development piece, the social opportunities, and really form a strong network of support for these first couple of years of teachers. I was so impressed when I heard about this, but actually getting to visit one of their meetings a few weeks ago and see the diversity in the educators that were even just sitting in the room when we were all got together to talk, it's incredible the power of getting passionate education educators together in one room, all with different backgrounds, and how that network you're building, it, I mean, it's changing their, their pathway through education. Hopefully, and I know that teacher retention is a huge issue. A lot of teachers don't make it to where I am in, in my third year of teaching, and about 40% across the country drop out of education by, before they hit the year five mark. So just trying to keep excellent teachers in the classrooms, keep them inspired and keep them feeling supported and motivated is really important to me. Such a uh, such an extremely important mission that you have going on there. That's really, really great. I love it. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, you've done a lot of things. You mentioned your three years into teaching, but you've done so much in those three years and you have a lot going on right now. So, so a lot of experiences there. So I want to talk about some of the challenges you might have come across, maybe one in specific. Uh, maybe you could narrow it down to a failure that you've had and kind of tell us what happened. Um, why was it a failure for you? How did you overcome that? And then more importantly, what did you take away from that? Absolutely. Well, year three had a lot of opportunities of failure, but again, keeping that mindset of failing forward and learning from those and reflecting on them. So uh, a recent failure, I think, would be I was running a student engagement workshop with a fellow teacher of mine who's also in her second or third year of teaching at Sherahoe High School. And we had so much content we wanted to talk about. We were looking at the student relationship piece and also trying to get students engaged in content that they might not find exceptionally interesting or connect to their professional goals or anything. And we had about 45 minutes to get a lot of information to the teachers at Cherahoe High School. It was kind of an unconference style workshop. And I when we got to the final activity, we were going to do a breakout room slash challenge for all the teachers, but we completely like garbled all of our information, or at least I did. She did a fantastic job, but I tried to get so much out there and, you know, share that, that knowledge that it, it completely messed up the final breakout challenge activity. Um, what I took away from that was just trying to focus all of my, uh, my, the, the content that I'm giving and if I'm doing this to teachers, I'm probably doing this to my students and just constantly reflecting on how I'm delivering content in, in presentation formats. It was my first workshop and I, mean, I should feel comfortable because I'm a teacher. I do this in front of students all the time, right? But working on this, kind of moving forward so I can synthesize these ideas that took a lot of reflection. Uh, what I took away from that was a really nice kind of synthesized writing piece on my process of planning that workshop and also planning the escape room breakout challenge. I ended up posting that actually on the Teach Better blog site. Mm -hmm. And apparently this has been a success based on some tweets coming out of the School of Education in Georgia. They took that blog post and the sample that I was trying to run in this teacher workshop and they did it for some pre-service candidates in their school of education and nice. they used uh, a lot of their school resources to kind of build upon that and i think they created a really awesome product 
But that process of having candid, authentic, and reflection right immediately after the experience is something that I took away and I've used now in my own classroom in the last couple of weeks, just like really focusing on how I'm delivering the content. Oh, that's really cool. I love that you were able to take a, a moment that you felt were was a challenge or a failure and flip it, reflect on it, and put out that blog post, which I love to hear that a post off of teachbetter.com is is helping teachers down in Georgia and they're able to benefit from that. That's a really cool experience. So let's flip it around and talk about a success now. It's gonna be something big or small, but take us there with you. You know, what happened? Why was it a success for you? And what'd you take away from that experience? Um, well, this year I've been doing a lot of experimentation. I feel really comfortable in my content after having taught this last year. I teach only ninth grade. So that's been really great. I decided this year in you know the second week of September to gamify my first unit on the Odyssey. And again, looking going back to that reflection piece, the keys to success were, was reflecting on every single lesson and also being really honest and authentic with my students. When I told them that I had this crazy idea about turning reading the Odyssey into a game style, very much Oregon Trail type experiment, mm. Uh, I asked them for feedback. I asked them to give me advice and I asked them to guide where the project was going. I had a former student come back and he designed the whole game board for us to use, which was great. And also just reaching out to parents too, to hear what they were hearing at home, get some feedback from them and reflecting on that and moving forward. It turned out to be a really great process for both me to learn how to gamify a unit for the first time and also uh, for my students to see what goes into teaching the content and delivering in a way that's really engaging and their honesty really helped make it a great unit that i'm excited to teach again next year hey what's up it's jeff don't worry we're gonna get right back to the episode but i really want to check out and make sure that you are connected with us on social media ray and i and the entire teach better team want to connect with you we want to hear your stories we want to be a part of your journey we want to be there to support you in any way we can and we want to learn and grow with you so please connect with us. Everything we have is at Teach Better Team. And then, of course, make sure you connect with me at Jeff Gargas and Ray at Ray Hewitt. Let's get back to the episode. You know, I have to say, Aaron, the one thing I just always take away from our conversations together is your ability to reflect on literally anything going on in your life, like outside of the classroom, leading a teacher PD or you know, trying something new and taking a risk, you are constantly not just reflecting on the lesson itself, but how life elements, life lessons, like things outside of our classroom can be utilized to enhance our instruction. You know, gamification is a is a hot topic right now. And I actually would love to hear more about specifics and what you did to try and gamify. So I'm going to ask you that in just a second. But there's such an important element here of seeing something, seeing a niche that our students enjoy and then utilizing it in the classroom to benefit finding your students' purpose and content. So would you mind, I know this is a little bit off of the question I was going to ask you initially, but can you tell us what gamification is for a teacher maybe listening that understands obviously what a game is, but how do you do that in a unit? Absolutely. So to gamify the unit, I just really tried to involve some game methodology into how I was teaching it. Things like prizes or competition, or uh, transparent progress. What I did for the Odyssey is I created a template map of the Mediterranean and throughout the, the reading, I would give them a couple different sections of the text at a time. They were drawing in Odysseus's path and they were 
creating uh, visualizations of the monsters that he was facing. They made little clay game pieces so they could see the progress of the character of the book, that visual piece. They were also kind of competing against each other. They were reading this in groups. And sometimes if you rolled a dice, then you could you know, lose some food or you could earn some treasure depending on just like the role of the dice and what section of the reading you're at. Kind of like a choose your own adventure style challenge in the middle of the text. So they were competing against each other. They were seeing where their progress was and uh, they were working in groups, which is another part of the, the gamification process, the teamwork idea. I really wanted students to learn how to collaborate effectively throughout this unit. And they were randomly put into teams and they really had to work together to you know, how to figure out how to save the most amount of men. I was tied to this story in, in a lot of situations because Odysseus does lose all of the men except for him. So it came as a kind of shock at the last, the last chapter of the text when everyone died and the students were like, wait, how are we supposed to win the game if everyone died except for Odysseus? But um, kind of like a curveball at the end there just because I want to stay true to the text. I think that in the future, I'd like to add a couple more challenges to kind of not change the text, but change the way the students are interacting with the text, add some more uh, choose your own adventure style aspects. But for now, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. Gosh, it sounds awesome. I have to say, I want to be in your class because <laughs> I did not like English when I was in high school. And I would at least be open-minded to going back to that torturous place if it meant that you were going to be my teacher. I think I'd be all right with that. <laughs> So your element of reflections is so important. You're, I love your piece on taking an idea that you, I'm sure, were able to be inspired by other, other teachers around the world that are learning about gamification, and that, that network of being able to learn an idea, take a risk, try it in your classroom and reflect is, so, is becoming such common practice in education, which is so thrilling for me to watch. So what else is getting you excited about education these days? Honestly, something very similar. I think the connectivity amongst educators is so unique to our field. And I was really lucky to start developing my personal learning network in my junior year of college. I was interacting with these amazing leaders and educators, not only in Rhode Island, but also around the country. And just diving into Twitter, I was learning new ideas and techniques that I could plug right into my classroom assignments and my sample lesson plans. And that really helped me stay ahead of the curve. So when I was in my senior year, I was lucky enough to get the job at the charter school, I, I felt like I was really prepared because I was learning about current practices based on social media. Um, I feel like this is something that every recent college grad or new teacher should experience, even though I know it's not happening in all teacher prep programs. And it's definitely not something that my friends in other career fields got to experience. I, I think that the social aspect of education is absolutely invaluable for beginning teachers. Well, I guess that leads me into my next element is that you are to at least the few that are listening, you know, you are a young teacher. And, you know, when I was in my first few years of teaching, I, I was so offended when people told me that. I was like, I know what I'm doing. But Erin, you are the perfect example of a young teacher. And y'all know what you're doing, right? Like you're working hard, you're, you have a grit, that passion. And so obviously, as you continue throughout your career, trying things and, you know, kind of reflecting with your network that you've built and can, will continue to build, um, the the piece you have with your Rhode Island group as well, what is one piece of advice that you continue to not only foster within yourself, but really hold true to the educators that you're interacting with to ensure that they continue to be 
on this successful path in education? Oh, one is so hard. Um, I, can I do two? You can do two. We like you. Do two. Oh, good. Um, I, I think that communication is absolutely key and keeping up consistent communication with not only your students, your parents, but also your colleagues. And that kind of ties into that connectivity piece. Uh, just maybe setting up a monthly email with parents and, you know, talking to your students, being authentic and honest with them about why you're teaching what you're teaching and how it will connect to their lives. Uh, being honest and authentic with colleagues on social media. That's how I got so much great feedback, literally in real time when I was doing the Odyssey unit. Um, and, and whenever I experiment, I, I get a lot of feedback from Twitter and from Instagram, which is fantastic. So constantly communicate, even if it's going outside of your comfort zone a little bit. And something that um, I am in, in the process of learning, but I think it's really important to share is that it's not, students liking you and students respecting you does not have to be exclusive. Um, something that I'm still working on, obviously, it takes a lot of time and effort to develop relationships with students so they can, you know, have an enjoyable experience and really engage in your content, but also follow strict norms and meet high expectations. Honestly, this year, it's been so worth it to really dive into how to be liked and respected. And it's still a challenge. But that's something that I feel like a lot of beginning teachers sometimes struggle with. I know I did. And well, I am. <laughs> I like that. I want to uh, dive in a little deeper and have you take us a little deeper on that one. Because, you know, you're in the mix at that time right now where you're trying to figure out, you're trying to build those relationships and going through the challenges of that. Do you have any specific tips or advice for for how, let's say, I'm a first-year teacher? Like, how do I do that? How do I go about making sure I establish and I earn that respect but also build those relationships and set those norms, stay, stay strict, stay true to my, my systems and routines? Like, what are some of the things that you found have worked for you so far? I think that setting up pretty clear norms in the beginning of the year and just sticking to them, even if you have a couple that you want to add or edit throughout the year, mm -hmm. at least for the entire time you have those students in front of you, stick to the norms that you set up in the beginning of the year. And then set aside the time to have conversations. I think that the students that I've been, have developed really strong relationships with, it's just because I asked them how their day was. I asked them what their future plans for after school are. I ask them what really drives them and motivates them to be in my classroom. And it's not necessarily English content related, but now I'm able to have a rapport with that student where if they're misbehaving or they're disrespecting the, the classroom environment, I can, I can just talk with them and, and they can change their behavior because I spent the time mm -hmm. in the beginning of the year developing those relationships. You actually truly got to know them. As, as Chad Ostrowski always says, is yeah. have a million conversations about nothing to just get to know Yes, them exactly. And, uh, you know, those conversations lead to, uh, I believe it was just our most recent, our, our last episode, um, with Joel Habaker, he was talking about how just learning, that's how he's learned how to keep his students engaged. It's just having those conversations and learning about their lives and their interests and what they like so that he can connect the content to that. And it's just those, those conversations like you're talking about, just having those conversations, getting to know them that allows you to, like you said, when you have a way of connecting with them and communicating with them differently because you understand them on a, on a, quote unquote, deeper level. Um, very exactly. cool. I like it. And just very being authentic. Good. I mean, I, my yes. students know so much that I have no clue at, about at all. Farming or cars or automotive. We have a really strong career and tech program here and they're teaching me. I'm learning from them. And I think that experience really means a lot to them. And, and yeah, that authenticity is so important because they will see right through you if you're fake. It yes. just doesn't yes. work anymore. They're going to figure it out. That, that respect's going to come if they feel that you'll be authentic with them. Exactly. So great advice. 
So the next six questions, Aaron, we're going to do, and your goal is to answer each one in 15 seconds or less. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> I think right, so. Here we go. What is one EdTech tool you cannot live without? Google Tasks, definitely. Constant to-do list on Google Tasks. Love it. And what is a book you're reading right now? Uh, I'm reading two. One is okay. The Compassionate Achiever by Chris Cook, and that's just a great mindset changer. I saw him speak over the summer at a conference. And the second is The Financial Diet by Chelsea Fagan and Lauren Verhage. Again, beginning educator, beginning a lot of new things in life, and mm -hmm. it's a great book for anyone starting out. Awesome. Who do we need to follow on Twitter today? You guys, of course. Um, also, <laughs> Matt Joseph and Alice Keeler for some awesome resources. Susan, I might mess up her last name, Jakimiak. She's an awesome first-year teacher out in the Midwest. I've never met her, but her Twitter is amazing. And Mike Maielli, who's a project-based learning guru here in Rhode Island at the Highlander Institute. Awesome. And what is the best YouTube channel or website or podcast for teachers? I listen to a lot of podcasts. I think that the B Education podcast from mm. Highlander is awesome. And I just discovered Teaching Keating with Weston and Molly Kieschnick, which is absolutely amazing for teachers. Awesome. And what is one daily, weekly, or monthly routine that every teacher should get into? Find a new hobby that is completely outside of your profession or content area. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? So my sister told this to me, but... President Obama told this to her, so I think it's kind of cool. It's don't try to be somebody, try to do something. Something that I take to heart a lot, and I also try to tell my students. When did your sister get that advice from President Obama? She won a contest and got to meet him back when she was in high school. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was great. You were just kind of like, oh, my sister, but it's really from President Obama. So like, you know. Yeah, I have to mention <laughs> Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> You mentioned the Highlander Institute and that you're a FUSE fellow. Can you tell us a little bit about the Institute and uh, like what it's all about and what, what they're doing over there? Yes. So they're a really innovative education organization that is spearheading a lot of uh, blended and personalized learning best practices. And again, they're kind of incubated in Rhode Island right now, but they are spreading to a couple different states. And that's actually where I had the great pleasure of meeting Ray for the first time. She came out to the Highlanders Blended and Personalized Learning Conference mm -hmm. last year and we connected on social media and she came back out for my YesRI event, which is great. So as a FUSE fellow, I am assigned another school district or school in Rhode Island and I go there to coach their teachers on blended and personalized learning practices. So I'll be working with a couple of teachers at another district kind of working in their classrooms, observing their teaching practices, figuring out what strategies might work best for them, and trying to figure out a two-year plan or a vision for where their that particular high school wants to go in terms of blended learning in their entire school. Wow. So what do you do in all your free time? <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of running. You got a lot going on out there, so you do a lot of running. Yeah. Huh? Try to find a hobby that's nothing like English. I, I just go running. <laughs> Gotcha. No, yeah. that's good. That's the good stuff. No, that's awesome that the Institute is really doing some really great things. Yes, RI is doing some awesome things as well. And we can just keep sending Ray out there like anytime you need her. Right, Ray? Oh my gosh, please. <laughs> I love Rhode Island, East Coast. I'm there tonight. I will jump on a plane. I love it. You already did two weeks ago. That yeah. was crazy. That's true. My 24-hour trip to Rhode Island, people kept asking, how is Rhode Island? I was like, I don't know. I was only there for like four or five hours. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You were out and back really quick, huh? Next time I'm staying for a week, Jeff. <laughs> Deal. 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 
Well, Erin, I love chatting with you. You are just, every time I talk to you, I'm so inspired. And we know we get to talk to a lot of educators, but I just want you to know specifically, I am such a fan and I hope you keep doing everything that you're already doing and so much more. I don't know how you find time to run. I, <laughs> I'm i overwhelmed just hearing about your schedule, but I want to make sure that all of our listeners are able to connect with you because I just know there's so much more you're just going to continue to share throughout your time in education. So how can people connect with you? Oh, well, first, thank you, Ray, so much. That was way too kind. Uh, my, I'm really active on Twitter and Instagram. My personal Twitter is Hall 47 and ESRI has its own stuff, but I'll get into that later. I have an Instagram, it's Ms. Hall Classroom, and I, my website is the same for the classroom. As far as Young Educator Society, if anyone's interested in either connecting and working with our educators like Ray did, or if they're interested in joining or starting a, another chapter in a different state, all of that social media stuff is at YesRIOrg, and same on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I really hope to connect with some more educators. You guys are doing great work and you have a great community. Thank you. Fantastic. And you know, you can find all the links and resources, everything we talked about with Aaron tonight over at teachbetter.com, as well as those really important links for connecting with, uh, with Aaron and with ESRI and everything else over there in the show notes. So make sure you head over to teachbetter.com for all of that. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. If you can give us a rating and review, Ray would be super excited and happy about that. Aaron, such a pleasure having you on. So much fun um, getting to chat with you a little bit tonight. Really appreciate you taking some time out and hanging out with us. Thank you so much. All right. Until next time, let's get out there. Let's teach better. Let's teach better.